ready for that Holy Ghost fire today. Send it, Lord. Let it rest upon me today. Why don't you say that together? Lord, let the fire rest upon me today. Rest upon me, Lord. Set me ablaze. Set me ablaze for the things of God. Come, Lord, and burn away the things of this earth. Let it burn in me, God. Let it burn in me. Affect me for your glory. Affect me for your glory. Less of me and more of you. Can you say that with me today? Less of me and more of you. So why don't you just take time to pray in your heavenly language. Just acknowledge his presence today and let him fill you. Yes, we worship you, Jesus. We acknowledge you today, Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. We acknowledge your presence today, Jesus. Come, Lord. Come and change us. Come and bring healing to us. He is our healer. He is our healer. He is here and he is able. He is able to save to the uttermost today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of the Lord. Today is the day. Today is the day if you hear my voice, harden not your hearts. If you hear my voice, stop saying but. Today is the day of the Lord. Today is a good day to be saved. Today is a good day to be made whole. Today is a good day to let go of the fear and the hate. The unforgiveness has got to go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I thank you that even now you're coming to some as a still small voice. To others, you're coming and enveloping them, wrapped in your arms, and yet still others is a burning fire. Come as only you can. Each and every one visited. your glory. aren't the way he thinks. That's the Lord speaking to you. To some he's speaking to you personally. To some he's giving you a word. Maybe for your family. Maybe for your workplace. Maybe for your care group. Ask him for more right now. Right where you are. More. Your glory, Jesus. More. 
at home, I just sense the Lord saying to get rid of those distractions. The weight of his glory is in your home. He's filling your home. Don't take the opportunity for granted. The Lord's come today to meet with you right in your home. We get rid of the distractions. And we acknowledge the very presence of Almighty God. Your home is holy ground. To someone at home battling depression, the Lord is saying to open your windows. Open your windows and let the light shine in. That as the light shines in through your windows, through those blinds, you'll be reminded of the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Depression has got to go in the name of Jesus. Begin to allow him into your home and you begin to allow him into your mind, into your heart, into your soul. Yes, yes, you need to come into the building but he can meet you right in your home, right in your home today. Just lift your hands right where you are, in your home, in the building. Jesus, we need you. We need you. I don't have all the answers. I haven't given up all the anger yet. I haven't given up all the unforgiveness yet. But I know I need you today. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord, with your presence. Wash me with your blood. Help me. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Why don't you give the Lord a great big shout of praise? You know, somebody just got born again. If that was you, whether you're online or you're in the building, we want to hear from you. We want to walk with you. We want to walk with you. We want to help you grow in the things of God. Thank you, guys. You're awesome. We want to walk with you with the things of God, and we want to just help you to, to grow up in him. You know, that doesn't mean a checklist. Can I get an amen? That doesn't mean a checklist. We want to help you to know him and to be known by him. And so let us know. We'll walk with you through that journey. It's an awesome, awesome privilege to be in the family of God. Amen. Awesome. Well, I am going to take time today to talk about what is the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Woohoo! We have had some awesome meetings lately. Can I get an amen? amen? I have been loving church. I love being in the house of God. I love when His Spirit's poured out, and I love when the church is hungry. We have seen a hungry church. We have seen a church coming for Joy Fest night after night, extending nights. Coming on Sunday nights. Who's coming tonight? Six o'clock, be in the house. And what's been awesome is when God is moving, we have to begin to teach and preach about what's happening, right? We have to begin to equip the saints for, for what's happening so that we can expand, that we can know we are not meant to be a people that's just, that was exciting. Wow! You know, so often we pray with people and, you know, and, and yes, we want God to touch you. How many of you love to be touched by God? I love his presence. I love when he just overtakes me. But it's not about the experience. It's not about the feeling, right? Feelings come and feelings go, but Jesus, in all of his magnitude, affects our emotions and it's good, it draws us into himself, but it's not about the experience, it's about the person. 
It's about meeting and encountering the person of Jesus Christ. Like we were singing um, earlier, I'm becoming like the one I'm beholding. So if I'm going to be in his presence and I'm going to be aware of his presence, because you see some people may be in the house today, but they may not even be aware of his presence. But if we're aware and we can behold or see him, come on. How many of you know sometimes you're, you're, you're watching something and you may not feel his presence, but you're like, God's doing something in that person. Wow. When we can begin to behold him, we become more like him. So today, I want to take a look not just at experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but understanding it. Jesus said that true worshipers will worship in what? Spirit and truth. And so we want those two to kiss in our lives, right? You know, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, and most of y'all have heard my testimony, a lot of you haven't. I don't think you'll hear it today. Maybe, maybe another day soon. But when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was in a Baptist church, and I went back to church, and they just didn't, uh-uh, you don't talk about it. So then I end up, the Lord brings me to another church that was spirit-filled, but uh-uh, you didn't talk about it. We believe, they believed in it, but you aren't allowed to do it. And if you asked anybody, including leadership, they couldn't tell you anything except for that it was real. So I'm like, well, this doesn't work for me. So I moved to New Orleans. Thank you, Jesus. It was God-ordained move. And I meet all these young adults, and I'm like, hey, do you know about this baptism in the Holy Ghost? Well, yeah, what you want to know? And they began to open up the Bible all day long. And that's, that's Christianity, right? That we experience Christ, but then we can also go back and look at it in the Word and say, that's what I was experiencing. That's the truth, right? It's not some hokey pokey, sha-da-ba-ba for the sake of doing it. It is the encounter with the living God that changes us. It fills us to overflowing and affects every part of who we are. Hey, if it affects me, I want to know about it. If I ever get a diagnosis, I want to know about it. What is it? What do you want to do? And why do you want to do it? And then what are my other options to do that? Come on. How much more with the things of God? I want to know what's available to me. I want to know what I'm experiencing. I want to know this Jesus who died for me. Who died for me and who sits in the heavens interceding for me and baptizing me daily in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So Hebrews 5.12 says this. For though by this time you ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the very first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. How many of you are ready for some solid food? Solid food. Do you know what solid food? Hebrews is all about solid food. Do you know what Hebrews is about? The very presence of the Almighty God. Of learning to live behind the veil of the person of the Holy Ghost. That is the meat of our Christianity today. That you and I would not live by rules and principles, but by the very person of the Holy Ghost. And as we can begin to learn that intimacy and learn how to yield to his presence, we can begin to walk in the meaty things of Christ. The word baptizo in the Greek means to be saturated or immersed. You know, when I was a baby, I had some water sprinkled on my head. I was not baptized. That was like some sprinkling. Do-da, do-da. But how many of you know when you get in that pool back there, we dunk you. We dunk you. You going under and you coming up. <coughs> you are saturated with water from your head to your toes. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you are baptized into, not of. It's not some. Um, 
That's not an immersion. That's a little ta-ta, sha-sha, baby. You are dunked, saturated, immersed into the person of the Holy Ghost, the third person of the Trinity. You not only get to have an encounter with him, but a complete filling to overflow. Every part of your being. Every part of your being, not just your physical body. Yes, you'll, you'll sense his presence and awareness. But when you are immersed and saturated, he begins to saturate your mind. How many of you know the avenues of your mind need some saturating in the Holy Ghost? He begins to immerse your emotions, your memory, your mind, even your will. Every part of who we are is satiated with the person of the Holy Ghost. This is a very distinct experience separate from the new birth. When you and I are born again, the Holy Spirit comes and he lives inside of us. But when we're baptized in the Holy Ghost, we are filled to overflowing. Completely overflowing. And not just with excitement, but with the power of Almighty God. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You guys, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is not about you and I. It's not about the baptisms for the sake of saying, I got it, I got it, I got the power. It is for the purpose of the Great Commission. For the kingdom of God to be built by your hands and my hands, you and I can do thousand times more in his power than in our own strength. Come on. So we want the baptism in the Holy Spirit to live a supernatural, God-filled life to point other people to Jesus Christ. It is an equipping to live the kinds of life that Jesus lived. Let's take a look really quick at the differences between when you and I receive the Holy Spirit at salvation versus when we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. How many of you have your Bibles today? Let me see them. I need you to start digging around in your Bibles on the baptism in the Holy Spirit and on salvation. I want you to know these verses in your belly. In your belly. You don't have the baptism yet? You don't understand it yet? Good. Start here. Write these verses down. Don't take what I'm saying for granted. Go home and study them. Go home and pray over them. Watch what he'll do. So let's go to John 20, verse 20. And it says that when he had said this, he showed them his hands. This is Jesus after he died and resurrected. He shows up in the room with his disciples. How many of y'all think they might be a little freaked out? Here this guy, this teacher that we're following, he was crucified and killed. We are scared for our lives. We're hiding out with the door locked so they can't come and kill us. And then in walks Jesus. He shows them his hands. He shows them his side. And the disciples were so glad when they saw the Lord. That word saw means that their eyes were opened. Before this, they believed that Jesus could be the Messiah, right? But, but now they saw they were enlightened. Their eyes were opened. The eyes of their souls were opened. And they saw the Lord as Savior. Do you remember that moment? For me, I knew about Jesus. I knew that Jesus died on the cross for me, but I can remember the moment, the very moment that my eyes were open that he was my Savior. That's the moment we have here. And Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And said, receive the Holy Spirit. They're born again, sealed with the person, the Holy Ghost. Ephesians 4.20 says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were 
sealed for the day of redemption. Acts 1, 4 says, being assembled together with them. This is even, this is after John 20 happens, right? He was, he was died, he resurrected, he appears, they're born again. This is sometime later. He commands them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you've heard from me. For John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So listen, you might have heard some other teaching in the past. Bless their little hearts. You might not like taking my word for granted. Good. Take Jesus' words for it. Jesus was there the moment they were born again. And Jesus is the one after that saying, hey, guess what? I'm the one that's going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost. People get so uptight about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and they want, well, what about Jesus? Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Jesus is not intimidated by the Holy Spirit. He is not jealous of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to have it. He said, hey, you, don't depart. You need to wait. For I'm the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. How many of you want all that Jesus has for you? He came that you and I might have life and life abundantly. We are not meant to live sad, sorry, sappy, woe is me Christianity. Get over ourselves. The same blood that, that, that flowed through Christ's veins flows through our veins. You and I have victory. We have victory in Christ. You want to live victorious? Yield to him. Stop trying to be a know-it-all and say, wow, Jesus, reveal this to me. Remember that first scripture we talked about? That we're, he's, true worshipers will worship in spirit and truth. If you get so wrapped up into what you know, You'll never know him. When he is the word, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. When we open this book, it should jump out and give you a big kiss. We are to know him. And he is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. Luke 3.16, John answered and said to all, I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Let's take a look at scripture at baptism in the Holy Ghost. We're going to go to Acts 2, Pat. We'll skip that first one. Acts 2, 1 through 4 says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Do you remember the first time you're baptized in the Holy Ghost? Do you remember all of the illumination and you were keenly aware of everything? And it was wild. We even had been taught about it. These were the first people to experience the baptism in the Holy Ghost. It filled the whole house that they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each one of them. And they were all filled. Filled. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a infilling, a filling, remember, a saturating, an immersion with the Holy Spirit. And they were baptized, and as a result, an action came. And then they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. I don't know about you, but so many times I've been touched by the presence of God. And I've laughed. I've cried. I've ran. I've shouted. I've danced. Right? I've jumped. But when we are filled to overflow, the and comes into play. I'm filled. I'm baptized. Not just touched. Not just an encounter, but an infilling with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. 
Now, so many times people are touched by the Holy Ghost, right? See, we're at the altar, and I'm in his presence, and it's amazing. And then they're praying for me to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and all of a sudden I stop being filled, and I start waiting for the dew. Did y'all all catch it? Some of you are catching up with it. I'm in his presence, and I'm receiving, and I'm being filled, and it's glorious, and it's filling me up. But now I hear man praying for me to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues, and I'm no longer aware of his presence. I'm no longer receiving and being filled, but I'm concentrating on what they're saying and waiting for the event to take place. That's when the filling stops and there's just an encounter. Now, there's nothing wrong with an encounter. For years, I kept having encounter after encounter after encounter and wanted the baptism in the Holy Ghost, but I would stop worrying about being surrounded and frapped and in love with Jesus and worrying about whether or not I was going to get it or not. So let's go back to verse 4 where they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So just in case you wanted to know, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is for all who believe on Jesus. All of us. So there's no doubt, no question in my mind whether you are able to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Come on. We have to get our eyes off of us, whether we do it or don't do it, how we do it, what it sounds like, if they're praying, what they're praying, how I feel, is my tongue moving on its own, do I have a tickling in my throat? We hear what you're thinking when we're praying for you. Y'all hear me? So we get off of our own response, and we just focus on Jesus. I remember going in my bathroom going, well, I'm baptizing the Holy Ghost now. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Why isn't it working? Jesus wasn't involved in that process, so therefore I wasn't being baptized. I was trying to create my own experience for the sake of myself. But when they were all in the upper room and they're praying, they were desperate. Their Lord had just been killed, resurrected. They were scared out of their minds, and here he appears. Thank goodness he's back. Jesus. They're born again, and then he tells them not to go anywhere but to wait. And he disappears again. He goes up in the clouds. They were absolutely desperate for him. Are you desperate for him in your life? That you have to have Jesus and no else. They were in one accord, in one place. No agenda, but just give us Jesus. Give me Jesus or die. And they were filled to overflow. Then we go to Acts 10 where Pastor was at earlier and it said, while Peter was still speaking these words, while he was still preaching and teaching on Jesus, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who received the Holy Spirit just as we have? In other words, there wasn't some order of step one, receive Jesus. Step two, get water baptized. Step three, you can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Look, I went on a mission trip to Honduras one time, took 14 young adults on this mission trip. Very, we rented the whole um the whole, the island had a hotel. We rented the whole hotel on the beach, and we would do all these outreaches there. And the very first day, we had all these people come wanting to know what these Americans were doing there. And so you had these military guys at 18 years old. They all snuck out of military base, oh, my goodness, to come see these preachers or these people. They come, and we're preaching, and we're teaching, and all this stuff is happening. They get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They are all over the floor. They are crying. They are wailing. They're speaking in tongues. And we're like, this is awesome. 
but then we had no way to get them back on the base, so we're praying for their legs to work. Jesus, like, let their legs be strengthened. Let them be in their right mind. Go. Go home. And it was wild. So then, like, a day or so later, we're at the chur- this church to do um, teaching, and then we're going to go out evangelizing and then invite everybody to come back to the church for some more teaching, and we're going to give rice, all this stuff. And these guys are there. And so I'm like, yeah. So I just start teaching and thinking they had been born again, and they were just, you know, they were getting the baptism for the first time, but they had been born again. And the preacher stops me in the middle of, the, of my lesson. He says, ma'am, these people, these guys, they've never been in church before yesterday. They don't know this Jesus that you've talked about. And so I had to, like, shake my, you know, like, wait, time out. So they didn't follow the order that I thought they were supposed to. So in a moment of time, the Lord had to reveal what happened. Their eyes were opened at our skits and our preaching that day, and they unknowingly received the hope that we had offered them and were completely filled. And they had come to let it, to say, who is this person, Jesus, that you've given me? So then we began to teach them on salvation. Let me tell you who has baptized you. Let me tell you what this Jesus has done for you. So we walked them through all of this. And by the end of a week, we baptized them in the Gulf. And then we gave them all backpacks and advanced tracts and Bibles and sent them off as evangelists to the island. But they didn't follow some order in our minds, our religious mind, that we think has to happen. And so there isn't a step one or two, I want the Holy Spirit. I've asked for the Holy Spirit. I want that pastor to lay hands on me. And when he does, I'm going to go Shabba, Shabba, Shabba. (laughs) It's not really how he works. You following? I know I'm, I'm funny, but here we go. the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word that day. We hear, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Our eyes get off of self and get onto Jesus. Jesus, it's you I need, not an experience. I need you. I need you. I want you. I desire you. I'm hungry for you. As you seek him, him, him. He will pour out his spirit on you. And as you were filled to overflow, we don't know when that moment will happen for you. But when that moment of overflow comes, the world better watch out because you'll never be the same. I love this quote. I'm not sure, if Pat, if you have the quote or not. It says, after we receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit, a new avenue for God to operate in our lives is opened. A prayer language is given to us when we speak in other tongues as a means to pray under the guidance of God. It must be stressed that while the baptism in the Holy Spirit Spirit is evidenced by speaking in other tongues, tongues is only a part of it. An incredible power source is made available through the baptism in the Holy Spirit. This power source is crucial for us as believers in order to change this generation for God. God wants us to tap into this source as the church and as the people of God. You, church, are called to be witnesses. Witnesses in your homes, in your families, in your neighborhoods, in your jobs, in this region, and in this world. We don't do it by our own strength. We do it by his. And I'm telling you, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it'll rock your world in the best way possible. You know, I was used to, when I first was born again, I used to pray, Lord, give me a husband, please. I don't want to be alone. And then God came. He's looking at me going, where she's going with this? And then the love of God came to me, and the love of God made me whole. The love of God completed me, right? But the moment that Zach Prosser walked into Victory Fellowship, 
5708 Airline Drive in Metairie, Louisiana, my world was forever changed. Come on. <laughs> How much more when the Holy Spirit walks into your life? How much more? I remember at the state Louisiana State Penitentiary in Louisiana when the Holy Ghost came as in tongues of fire and the glory cloud filled the entire gymnasium. And I reached out my hand to pray for that little sweet lady. And all of a sudden, I will never be the same. And Lord, help me, no one around me will either. And not because of me, come on, those around you won't be the same either, but because of the person of the Holy Ghost. You want to know why I had to cry all those years, Lord, give me a husband? He needed to make me whole. I'd have messed him up. But he waited and he made me whole and he baptized me in the Holy Ghost. And he made the best version of Heather live to equipped to live the gospel of Jesus Christ so I could be a godly wife. So I could be a godly mom. So instead of getting mad and going to the bottle, or getting mad and rolling a joint, or getting mad and going to the bar, I'm going to go to the Holy Ghost, and I'm going to say, I can't do it, Jesus. I don't know what I'm doing. You should see me in my house. This is how we roll. Asher's screaming. You will stop. Forever changed. We can look and laugh, but it's the reality of our life as a believer. Are you tapping into the power source? Are we tapping into the power source? So <clears throat> I got to wrap up within about 10 minutes, and there's a lot of teaching left. But why, why am I spending so much time sharing and talking about the two differences? And about the infilling, that it's a person, not an event, not a one-time experience. It's a person. I didn't marry some mirage of Zach Prosser. I married a person, a man, right? The Holy Spirit is a person available to you and I. We have to know, you guys, we live in a crazy day. We are not pastoring a church of woohoos that live off in left field, right? Going, oh my goodness, that was amazing. Woo! Woo! La 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 la! Y'all know what I'm talking about. We've all been a part of that and seen it, and we're like, that's, ooh, I don't want to be one of them. But then, we are definitely <clears throat> not pastoring this either. For thus saith the word of the Lord today. You and I, look, and both are precious. Both are trying to find God. But the awesome thing is we grew up in revival. We grew up in the things of revival. And that means spirit and truth have kissed. And you are in a house of the Lord that is giving you meat. That is giving you meat. And so whether you're on this pulpit or you're sitting in that pew, this is the truth of the gospel. You are being equipped with the knowledge of the person of the Holy Ghost. You are also being equipped with the knowledge of the word of God. It is more than a feeling in your belly. Yes, we rejoice that that happened. Yes, we rejoice that he came. But that is an encounter. That is not a baptism. Do you get what I'm saying? And when we are praying for people with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are praying for Jesus, the baptizer, to come. So we just call out to Jesus. And we get our eyes off of self. Now, I'm going to do a prayer lesson really quick from the pulpit. What do we do when people are so focused on what's happening? How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you've ever prayed for someone, there's people that are receiving from heaven, and there's people that are rocks. What you going to do to me now? <laughs> so when that's happening, first of all, I just say, hey, 
Come on. Give me those hands. Raise them up to Jesus. You're gonna, it, it's not about you. You've got to get focused on him. If you want him, give him a posture to receive. How many of you have ever tried to have a serious conversation and when they go like this? You're like, oh, great, they brought a fight. Well, when we look to Jesus like this, what you can do? That's really not an attitude of honor or of love, not an honor of relationship. It's a place of disrespect. It's a place of, you know, you know it, you're not looking, it's not a position to receive. So I'm going to posture myself to receive. So I'm just going to open up their arms and say, hey, here you go. Let's just receive from heaven. Now, you hear all this stuff happening around you? Stop listening to it. Stop listening to it. And I want you to picture Jesus. Can you see his face? Can you see his face? Can you hear him calling your name? I want you to walk out of the sanctuary. And I want you to enter into the holiest of holies. Go out, go to the, go to the outer court. And keep walking. Keep walking. Go through the veil. And, and can you see the shimmer of light coming up? I want you to walk through that opening. I just want you to enter the very presence of Almighty God. Just let him love on you. Can you take them to that place where only they and Jesus can be? And when they're not aware of you anymore, you can start listening. Because it's not about us. Jesus is the baptizer. He's the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. And with fire. Band, y'all can go ahead and come on up. Y'all are ready? How do we receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost? First, I always want to go to Ephesians where it says, be ye being filled. We can fill our lives with all the things of the world. Or we can fill our lives with Jesus. It's really hard to become baptized in the Holy Spirit, right, when we're watching horror movies all night, when we're gossiping all day, when we walk in a place of unforgiveness. Come on. And you know what? That six-pack's calling my name and that dime bag. I'm talking to somebody. You're not going to go watch things you shouldn't watch on the Internet when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so where do we start? Acts 2.37 is a great place to be. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. Some of you thought, man, why is he talking about my dime bag? At least it's not a quarter pound anymore. But you were cut to the heart saying, man, what do I do now? And Peter said to them, repent. There isn't some stature of our spiritual life where once I do X, Y, and Z, then I can get baptized. You didn't have to come to some stature to be born again. You were an absolute mess that did nothing to earn salvation. Let me say that again. You didn't earn your salvation, you filthy, ugly thing. I'm speaking to myself too. And just like we didn't earn our salvation, we don't earn the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Freely, we receive it. Freely, we get it. Peter says, repent. Jesus, forgive me. I didn't know. Look, some of you, you wear this guilt, shame thing. You know, when my, I remember when my uncle was dying, he was an alcoholic. Some friends of his had called my dad. They, his brothers were 10 and 13 years older than him. And some friends called my dad and said, you know, Steve, we can't, we can't get in to see Alvin. And um, his, the doors are locked and there's blood all over the doors. And we're just scared. And 
So I'll never forget, I went with my dad to go to his brother's place, and um, he couldn't get in. So my dad, everybody knows my dad's a big man, bodybuilder. So he breaks the door down, and there was blood everywhere. And all of his internal organs were being shut down because of alcohol. And so <clears throat> I stayed by my dad's side all the time. My dad's like my best friend. And so he'd go to the nursing home with him while, you know, waiting for him, his body to, to give way. And my dad would go day after day to present Christ. And man, Alvin was a stubborn booger. And at the end of the day, it was all shame. He was so shameful that he had literally drank his life away. And one thing my dad said that I'll never forget is we didn't know. They didn't know anything. They lived out in Cajun land. My great-grandfather passed unable to read and write. My dad failed first grade because they couldn't speak English. A whole nother land, you get what I'm saying? And we can look at that now and go backwards and say, oh, but they didn't know, but I. And I'm here to tell somebody today that's sitting in this room that's living in shame, you didn't know. So Lord, forgive me, I didn't know. I didn't know the way I should go. I didn't have the handbook that I thought I needed when X, Y, Z life happened. I just wanted to survive. I just wanted to survive. And now look where I'm at. And so we just repent and say, God, I, I didn't know. But God, I know now. I know now that I need you. I know now that your blood paid for my sin. Your blood paid for my hurt and my shame. Your blood paid for my anger and my bitterness. Jesus, your blood paid for my unforgiveness. And I just need you. I need you to fill me. I need you to wash me clean. Wash me whiter than snow. But Jesus, I'm not satisfied there. I need you to fill me to overflow. Less of me and more of you. Lord, baptize me with the Holy Ghost that I'd never be the same. Do you know that you can pray that every day of your life? That you can pray that driving in your car? You can pray that riding your bikes on the trail or running down the, the track? You can pray that washing your hair or planting your gardens? You can pray that while you're parenting your kids and you don't know what to do? He is available for you and I. Why don't you go ahead and stand with me today? Acts 2.33 says that being exalted to the right hand of God and having received the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this, which you now see and hear. Jesus is in the heavens today. And all that you've been seeing of people getting touched and falling out and praying in tongues and Pastor Grace prophesying, I hope some of you caught that when she was singing out she was prophesying that was Jesus the baptizer sitting in the heavens pouring out his spirit glorifying the father Luke eleven thirty three 33 says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask in Acts 2.14, this is after the first baptism, Peter stands up with the eleven. He raises his voice. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, all of Great Akron, all of Northeast Ohio, hey, Great Lakes region, listen to what's happening in celebration. Listen to what the Lord's doing on North Hill. We aren't drunk as you suppose. We haven't lost our minds. We don't belong in the loony bin. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. That it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. 
Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions and your old men will dream dreams. On my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. Some of you are going to prophesy for the first time today. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit today, I want you to get out of your seat right now. I want you to come and fill the altars. Whether you've been baptized before or this is going to be your very first time, I want you to come and fill the altars. Come. I'm waiting for you. I'm not moving on. I want you to come. Come quickly. You're hungry, get out of your seat and come. If you're thirsty, get out of your seat and come. If your tongues and your baptism has been dried up like a dusty old well, get out of your seat and come. These altars should be full. These altars should absolutely be full. So we're going to wait. We're going to wait. While those come, a fresh filling of the Holy Ghost. How important is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I'm so glad you asked. It's a little important because even Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus, Savior of the world, was baptized in the Holy Spirit when he was water baptized. The Holy Spirit descended from heaven as if a dove and landed upon him. And at that point, he was filled and his ministry began. Many of you came to the altars earlier for a new season. Like God was calling you to a new season. I got news for you. You need the Holy Ghost to fulfill the new season. Jesus didn't do any of his signs, wonders, and miracles without the baptism in the Holy Ghost. How much more will you and I need the baptism in the Holy Ghost? So we're going to wait just a little while longer while you take a moment to decide you're coming. <laughs> 